sacred mycology is basically a way of looking at mycology as an alliance between the fungus, right? Like how can we, like I said before, like integrate this fungal wisdom into our day-to-day -day lives. And it's basically a holistic approach to working with edible medicinal psychedelic and all other kinds of beneficial mushrooms. This is the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, all of you, my mushroom lovers, my disease-preventing homies, and everyone in between. If you consider yourself a lover of mushrooms and fungi, then this episode will probably be one of your favorites. Today, we are speaking with our friend Jasper, who is a sacred mycology teacher at Fungi Academy, which is an online educational research center and community currently operating out of Guatemala. Their mission is is connecting a global community to empower the growing and sharing of fungal wisdom. How dope is that? You'll hear we totally skip a formal intro and jump right into what medicinal mushrooms Jasper enjoys in his morning coffee. We were kind of just talking off air and I was like, oh, I, I bet the listeners will want to hear this. So I just went ahead and pushed record. This overall was just such a fun conversation for Chase and I. Fungi Academy is doing some really incredible and much needed education around the kingdom that is fungi. And Jasper is such a wealth of knowledge in this space, as you'll hear, but what is unique about him is he's able to deliver this quality information in a really fun and entertaining way. I say that Jasper is like speaking to a living ray of sunshine. Our conversation is packed with expansive fungi facts, everything from ancient cultures and fungi throughout history to modern research going on today in this space, and even what the future of mushrooms looks like. I guarantee you're going to come away from this episode with a new take on the magic of fungi. If you enjoy this conversation as much as we did, definitely check out Fungi Academy and the courses they offer. They have a great course that teaches you how to grow your mushrooms at home from scratch. Jasper was kind enough to offer our listeners a course discount as well. Check out fungiacademy.com and you can use the code MEDICINE with no E on the end, remember M-E-D-I-C-I-N at checkout to receive a nice hefty discount. When you're done listening, send this episode to your favorite mushy friend who can help us spread this fungal wisdom. Enjoy my loves. I'm curious, what, what do you add? Uh, we're recording now just because I'm curious and I want okay, <laughs> to get this. Um, what do you, do you add any mushrooms to your coffee? Oh yeah, I, I add a lion's mane, cordyceps, and reishi every day. Mm. Um, that's basically my main main thing that I add. We we have a lot of turkey tail on the property here, so but like I I rather have it as a tea by itself because most of the beneficial compounds in the turkey tail mushroom are the polysaccharides, which are water soluble. So then, and um, sometimes I add a microdose like three times a week. Yeah, cool. that's I mean. 
cordyceps, reishi, and lion's mane every day, pretty much for us. Every day. Nonstop. So you don't feel like you need to cycle them to maintain, you know, feeling the benefits? I personally don't need, uh, feel like that it's, the benefits are like less so if I like not take break. I take natural breaks because I'm not like waking up either like in my own house or like I'm like traveling around with my backpack full of mushroom powders all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get the chance to have them every day, but like I feel those are natural breaks. But if in yeah. my daily routine, in my own uh, locasita here, I, uh, I do take them every day. That's such a good point. We, we do that too. You know, at least once a month we're, we're traveling, we're on the road. Um, at least once a week, there's, there's a two-day stint where it's not routine-based. And so by default, we're cycling mm -hmm. most of our supplements, including mushrooms, mm -hmm. um, without having to like prioritize or schedule in cycling. So it ends up working out pretty naturally. If you can kind of like structure your life without that, you know, structure. Mm -hmm. Like that flexible structure. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it ends up working well. Cool. Well, if you guys can't tell uh, all our gentle listeners, um, it's going to be a lot of mushroom and fungi talk today. Super excited to have our good friend Jasper on. And uh, he is uh, one of the, the founders, creators of Fungi Academy, correct? Mm, yes. Yes. Well, I was like the one of the founders of like the third iteration of Fungi Academy. Fungi Academy has been existing for over five years now. Oh, wow. And um, I was, I've only been part of the last two, but like it was kind of on its back, back legs. The, the two, like three guys originally founded it and two of them left and the other one was actually half in another project. And when I stepped in, I just like felt this love for the project. And I was like, man, mm -hmm. great. I can grow mushrooms in Guatemala and yeah. people and live in paradise. <laughs> and that kind of just rolled into also creating online courses and stuff like that. So um, we like I was one of the founders of the Sacred Mycology Online School, so the online programs that we're currently building, which is the, uh, the main thing that we're doing as Fungi Academy. But I was not there at the actual start of Fungi Academy. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Um, and uh, you are in Guatemala. So he's, he's connecting from halfway across the world, which is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. And so if there is some spottiness with the Zoom connection, just bear with us. <laughs> and uh, we, we would love to just jump in because we have so many questions for you. Um, before we jump into all Fantastic. things uh, Fungi Academy, um, I kind of go back and forth between saying fungi and fungi. I don't know. It's sometimes it just like rolls out as fungi. Sometimes it's fungi. It's, and it sounds like you go back and Doesn't forth. Matter. Right? In yeah. Dutch, it's fungi. In like every language, they, they say it differently. In like Spanish, it's fungi. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm so used to, really like, you know, the hashtag fun guy or like <laughs> the use of the term <laughs> F-U-N-G-U-Y yeah. as fungi that I, I end up saying fungi. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it, I do also all, say fungi. everyone is welcome here. All fungi, all fungi are welcome <laughs> in this conversation. But the first question we ask every guest is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human? Oh, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> I guess freedom. Freedom to me is really important. And like we're blessed here to be living in a space where COVID is not really rampant. So we're free to go outside and, and meet people without like being afraid. We're also free to like spend our days like we want to spend our days. And um, a lot of people think, wait, if you don't have structure, you don't have a job to go to, you're just like bumming around. And actually 
I've bummed around for quite a long time in my life. And <laughs> after like after about like two months, it gets very boring. So you're really wanting to find something that you're actually most excited and passionate about. So finding that thing you're passionate about and then having the freedom to implement that in your day-to-day -day life, I think is is really beautiful. If I don't want to work one morning and just like sit and read a book next to the river, I have that freedom to do so. And I think every human should have that freedom. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Word, absolutely. I, I mean, we obviously we're in San Diego or in Coronado, and there is, you know, right next to a city, but where how we um, seek and structure our life is, I would say, very in line with what you just said, where it's like we're, we're seeking out those freedoms to where same like yesterday, I wanted to stop work at 3pm and go for a bike ride and a walk by the beach. And no one could tell me not to. <laughs> and those freedoms, I think once you have them, it's like I think about in another life, I was um, a dental hygienist and I was there from 6.30 to 5.30 every single day, Monday through Thursday, sometimes Friday. And I think about going back to that structure now, even though I loved being a hygienist, I think about going back to that structure and like <gasps> something like physically tightens in me. I think once you have that freedom, it's really hard to go back. Would you agree? Oh, it's so hard to go back. And I, I you know, I lived the, the quote unquote regular life uh, before too. And I was a sales manager. And like the weirdest part about being a sales manager is you have a quota. So if you make the quota, technically you're done for the day, right? Yeah. That's it. You're like, you're, your boss is happy. You're happy. You can like strive to make even more money. But sometimes I just didn't feel like it. And sometimes I made my quota or like my team made my quota, our quota at like halfway through the day. And I was like, I'm done. I don't want to be here. <laughs> and like, it doesn't change. Your boss is still happy. But then you're just looking at the clock until it's five, yeah. until you're allowed to go away. Yeah. It feels like kind of like a temporal jail you're allowed to leave. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I'm super excited to hear from you. Obviously, already we can tell like you've had a very colorful and rich life experience as young as you are. And um, I guess first things first, you know, we, we, um, we want to jump into all things Fungi Academy, but where did your love, your passion for fungi start? Ah, so I'm from the Netherlands and um, in the Netherlands, you can still buy psilocybin containing mushrooms, well, truffles these days. Mushrooms are not legal anymore, but the, the psilocybin containing truffles are legal. And I was, uh, I just turned 18 and my friends, uh, my friends and I were on like a little, uh, like a drinking holiday, I guess. It should go to a campsite full of other young people and just get like hammered <laughs> and uh, live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, spring break. Spring break, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically spring break. Um, and one of my friends had like these mushrooms with him. And he's like, I, I heard of them before, but I never really read into it. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be fun. And he just gave me a little bit. And I had the best day. Uh, we were like cycling. Uh, through on this island that we're at and like my mom called me actually and I picked up because there's uh, like I didn't think there was anything wrong with this he, he bought these things in the store and I was having a great time so I just called talked to my mom for like 20 minutes uh, and like then we ended up on the beach and we're just like hanging out on the beach and I remember very clearly finding this dog that was so chill and it was before smartphones really but we had this like phone and you could like play these mp3 files and we had this carnival music my friend put the carnival music on the phone on repeat and he put it under the dog and we just like watched people walk past <laughs> and like look at this music making dog and we're just like <laughs> cracking up uh, behind this dude and it was yeah it was a very vivid memory and then 
after that, I got really sick, actually. And then uh, I kind of also realized those people were not necessarily the people that I wanted to be hanging out with. But, like, I was so enthralled by, I was just very interested in, like, changing my, uh, like, consciousness in any way, shape, or form. But, like, always the, the, the mushrooms were the, the most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Had you done anything psychoactive before that, you know, marijuana or, um, you know, some other mind altering uh, substance? First one was alcohol. So when I was growing up, al- drinking alcohol was, uh, you're allowed to buy beer and wine when you're 16. Okay. So I was started drinking at 14. So that was my first big like mind altering uh, substance that I got really into. And then like, just before that, I started experimenting with cannabis, which you can also buy in stores in the Netherlands. Yeah. So those two were like the first ones. And after that followed uh, MDMA and a whole scale of other things. But the mushrooms, they, they, they were the only one that stuck around. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I feel there's always something that we can learn about ourselves. I don't think anybody that like... Uh, in the world it's like i completely 100 percent know myself and mushrooms is just such a good tool to to deal with your past dramas or new dramas that occur or just finding out more and more the depths of your conscious and subconscious like why do i re- react like this this morning for example i my plans were going a little differently not only like the the daylight saving times but also something i couldn't record this podcast where i was initially intending and i got so defensive and i kind of like started screaming at this person that i really love and it's like why, why was that and those kind of uh, mushrooms are just such good tools to show you like these kind of patterns and where they originate from. And actually, if you know where, what the cause is and kind of how to deal with it, it makes it easier to start walking the path. Okay. I use another analogy. If you're like in front of a forest and like everything, there's no path, you know, and like you, so you don't know where to go. And sometimes mushrooms like show you where the path is and you still have to walk the path. It is Mm -hmm. not like it doesn't teleport you to where you need to be but like the mushrooms help you show the yeah. path at least it doesn't move your legs for you but it just maybe highlights what you want to move towards versus like making exactly. it totally yeah. obscure without them yeah the other guides you know yeah, with some fairy lights too yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah i think i think you know based on documentaries and and things that i've read ancient civilizations and ancient cultures who used uh, mushrooms, you know, both medicinally and, and, uh, you know, for psychoactive purposes, they really did uh, refer to them as guides or helpers, um, Mm -hmm. teachers, uh, in addition to just, just medicine. It it definitely wasn't like this recreational drug. Like we look at alcohol now, you know, they look at this thing in a, in a really kind of like sacred to use a term that, that actually Mm -hmm. you guys use with sacred mycology. They looked at it from this sacred lens uh, that these, living beings were teachers or, or guides. And so yeah, it completely lands with, with, you know, your direct experience. Yeah. Mm. And that's actually uh segues really nice into like, and one of another like foundational experiences that I had uh, with mushrooms. I was uh, skiing in uh, Southern Austria. It's called Utz, this place. And uh, one of the most famous like beings of this place is uh, called Utsi, the Iceman. And oh, he was yeah. found in uh, yeah. 1996, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on the date. Sometimes numbers uh, get ahead of myself. <laughs> but like he was found by this uh, like elderly couple that was walking on an especially hot summer day when a lot of this permafrost was melting. And they found what their husband thought was a bunch of trash. And the, the, women, the, the woman actually was like, well, maybe 
maybe it's something more. And they found this completely intact like, body of this uh, man that died 5,500 years before they found uh, they encountered him. And wow. because he was immediately frozen after his death, he was completely preserved. And all of the, the tools that he had on him were also preserved. So we know he had like a bow and arrow with him. You know, we know he had an ax with a bronze handle 5,000 years ago. Wow. And we know uh, that he had a parasite, for example. Like that, that's how much we know about this man. Uh, let's see. He had a whipworm. But then on his right hip, and there's like, I don't know where you guys keep your phones, but my phone is in my right, right pocket mm -hmm. at all times. So your right hip was also an important part. Sure. Uh, of where you keep your stuff. He had two mushrooms. He had the um, Fomotopsis betulina, also known as the bird's polypore, which uh, is called the white reishi in uh, China. And this mushroom is a super powerful medicinal mushroom that you can make a tea out of. And it's really abundant. It grows on every birch in Europe, basically. It's, it's everywhere. Um, but this, this mushroom has proven that it is actually antiparasitic and very specifically scraped against whipworm, the same parasite that this Iceman was dealing with. Wow. So he all, not only knew like what illness was bothering him, but he also knew what like organism in his environment could help him mm -hmm. deal with the symptoms of this. And he was carrying another cool mushroom, Fomo, uh, uh, not Fomotopsis betulina, uh, Fomus fomentaris, also known as the tinder conch or the hoof fungus, uh, also quite abundant in Europe and uh, this is a really good fire starter so it burns really slowly but it's very flammable and if you carve a hole into it and you leave an ember in the hole it like it will stay burning all day without oh. burning the whole mushroom so if, if time before matches or fire starters which is yeah. like amber from the fire from last night that you just throw it on some leaves and stuff and you have wow. a new fire so that's pretty pretty great that's amazing wow I, I didn't know that 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 there was a mushroom that that had that you know, service. It, it again is just additional data for me that you know the divine nature of the world <clears throat> will provide. You know, yes. needs and just mm. one story speaking to the diversity <clears throat> and the intelligence and multi how many thousands of uses just practical uses. Not sure. we're not even talking psychoactive, yes, but like practical uses for mushrooms and fungi in the world. And, and we're, we're, we're just looking at the tip, just the tip of the iceberg. Or rediscovering. Um, we're or, just rediscovering, rediscovering the tip of the iceberg, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just mm. they, will, they will never not fascinate me for that reason alone, apart from any um, you know, uh, mind-altering or, or consciousness-opening experiences, just how different and how diverse they are. And um, a, a lot of people think that they're, they are simply just another like vegetable because we eat them like vegetables. We saute them in butter, whatever, and they're, we they're put them in a stir bars. fry. Yeah, they're raw at, <laughs> at salad bars. You know, a lot of people just look at them like another, like, oh, just another vegetable. And they are mm. so not. I mean, they're, they're closer to us in their DNA than they are to a plant or, you know, a flower or whatever. Um, what is the most fascinating thing about mushrooms to you? Well, point one, uh, without, well, so like not all fungi produce mushrooms, right? So there's so many fungi. There is about between 2.4 million to 6 million species of fungi. And we've only uh, named about 100,000. So there, wow. this is a really big file. And it's like estimated to be like seven times as many species of fungi compared to plants. And so they're everywhere. And not all of them produce 
mushrooms, right? So like, uh, yeah, that's a fungi, fungus too. It's a fungus and it actually devolved into a single cellular fungus, breaking down sugars and producing alcohol to fight off bacteria as its competition. So it's creating biochemical warfare. Also like the fluffy bread mold you see, that's a psychomycota. That's, that's also a fungus. It just never produces mushrooms. And very, very simply, without, without fungi, there's no life. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they were the first producers of soil. Without soil, there wouldn't be plants. Um, there's even like a pretty good example, like for a long time, the lignin, which is a pretty complex polysaccharide uh, that creates like trees, like wood, basically, uh, was not able, like no fungus was able to break it down for about 600 million years. And all the trees that died, they just stacked up on top of each other. And can you just imagine that like, and everything that died would just not decompose. We'd just be walking around a bunch of dead stuff and yeah, life wouldn't be possible because then the, like the nutrients that like this tree holds, it was not able to go to the next generation. And all those trees that were stacked up that created eventually all that coal that we have in the ground right now, um, because fungus, fungi were not able to like decompose this lignin in the, in the trees for so long. And then there's even some people that claim that this caused this uh, mass extinction that happened before the dinosaurs. Hmm. Um, because this massive supervolcano erupted and it lit all this coal that was kind of deep in the earth on fire and it created, like shut up so much carbon monoxide in the atmosphere that it rained down in the oceans and this is like at least at this stage of speculation but like it shows that like a big imbalance in the natural cycle of something not being able to bro- break down like like plastic at this stage. Although there's some fungi that are able to break down plastic at this stage, like Pestilitopsius microsporae is becoming more and more famous because it very slowly can break down uh, polyurethane plastic. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy what they can do. And we, you know, I think sometimes um, uh, like rotting or like uh, rotting wood or decomposure is is um, associated with with mushrooms and fungi, which is true, but it's also you have to have that death cycle first before you can have rebirth and recreation and, and things like that. So they are uh, so, so incredible. Yeah. Mother nature recycling. Yeah. You know, so, so much of our problem in modern society is uh, our inability to recycle the waste or recycle mm-hmm. the byproduct of our techno- technological evolution. Yeah. And we're constantly mm-hmm. playing catch up at a speed that doesn't equal how far we're evolving. Right. Uh, especially from a technology standpoint. So we're consistently in a toxicity deficit. I think we're yes. seeing it impact the world on a macro <laughs> scale now. We just literally can't recycle or clean up our waste fast enough. Mm-hmm. Mother nature mother nature puts something in the form of you know, fungi or mushrooms to decompose, recycle, and ultimately like regrow, reuse, um, which is so beautifully Mm -hmm. intelligent. Yeah. It's incredible Mm. that that she has that system. If we just stay out of it, it's perfect without us. Yeah. Study it, optimize it. Mm. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And like a, a big issue with our society too, right? Is that we, yes, we produce a lot of waste because we're like overproducing, right? Like I think like 50, sure. up to 50% of the food that gets produced gets thrown away. And mm-hmm. that's because we want that always have it ready. And if we just find yep. systems where at first we create less waste and then it's easier to deal with the waste that we're actually creating. Sure. Yeah, 100%. right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure living in a place like Guatemala where consumerism, materialism isn't at the forefront of everyone's mind, it, it's 
<laughs> you're, you're, you're grimacing. Maybe, maybe that's an assumption, but yeah, like, <clears throat> so they, they obviously get the, our culture, our pop culture. Everybody here has a smartphone these days. So they, yeah. they do get a lot of pop culture and they think that that's what they want, right? Everybody looks happy. And at the same time, up to 40 years ago, people were still like able to throw away everything that they just used. And now you see that a lot. So there's a big plastic problem here on the leg. Mm -hmm. And there's a, and has mainly to do with education, right? We've been trained for many, many generations to be more conscious about our waste and that it's like kind of not cool to throw your plastic in the, in the river. Um, yeah. But here they're less aware of that at this stage. And they're kind of see, look, a lot of um, more, developing countries are looking at the Western world like, oh my God, they have everything right. so great. We want this as well. And it's, we, we're kind of going back while they kind of right. look up to, to us to, to like have a more similar system, which is, yeah, it's sometimes sad to see, but it all has to do with education. Yeah. Right. And yeah, you do see that, especially after last year and everything that happened with the COVID crisis, you see more people moving back in either with their parents who have land or in a more, um, uh, a more, not urban, but uh, rural, rural is the word I was looking for, more rural. Uh, they're moving into houses versus apartments in downtown. You know, they're growing their own food here. Um, mm. And it, it does seem like <laughs> the grass is always a little greener on the other side. Um, but we're reverting back to maybe origins of somewhere like Guatemala. And they're looking at the West being like, oh, they've got it figured out. And it's like pff, just a, a big cycle. Yeah, it is. And I, I do, if we're talking about like waste, right? Like cities by definition are so wasteful at this stage because they're basically this big drainage of food and resources. And like the only output it's making is a financial output at this stage. And there's some really cool initiatives to make cities more like mm -hmm. livable and sustainable by creating like green skyscrapers yeah. where you mm -hmm. just have like complete uh, like aquaphonic systems uh, in a skyscraper. And I see that as the future of the city. Um, but right now, yeah, there's a lot of uh, rewilding happening in Europe because a lot of the young people from the villages are moving out, but then the people that are kind of done of living in the city, they're moving back in, and, but they, they're not that focused on developing. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a really interesting balance that like a lot, like, especially in Japan, for example, a lot of ghost towns are creating because all the young people want to move to the city, but then there's some people that already like decide to, oh, this land here is pretty cheap and I, I don't have this stressful life. And yeah, yeah it's an interesting cycle. Hey, Boo Thing. All right, we gotta talk about the G word, glyphosate, also known as Roundup. You know that weed killer stuff that your dad sprayed on dandelions in your yard? Well, it's actually licensed as an antibiotic and it's actually being used on the majority of our foods by conventional and even some organic farmers. This means that every time we eat foods that have been sprayed with glyphosate, we are consuming antibiotics. So not only are we repeatedly wrecking the diversity in our gut microbiome, but glyphosate has also been linked to liver disease, cancer, hormone disruption, birth defects, infertility, depression, and more. So this is a really big deal. And you're not alone if the glyphosate battle can sometimes feel overwhelming. I totally get it. But instead of feeling helpless, I want you to be informed and empowered. There are brands that are doing the extra work and going the extra mile to provide the glyphosate residue-free certification on their products. One of those brands is Organifi. 
when you use a scoop of any of the Organifi Superfood blends, you can rest easy every time knowing that each one of Organifi's ingredients, whether it's the medicinal mushrooms, adaptogens, or other health-supporting herbs, are carefully sourced from organic farmers who do not use glyphosate. Because I prefer to live my life without chronic disease, I am obsessed with finding foods that are certified glyphosate-free. I do not want this toxic antibiotic in my life or in my body. Being your own best health advocate starts with understanding exactly what is going into your beautiful body. And Organifi makes it so easy for us. My favorites right now are the green, the red, and the gold also known as the Sunrise to Sunset Bundle. To grab this bundle or any of the other glyphosate-free Organifi products, go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT at checkout for 15% off each and every order. That's M-I-M-I-F-I-T at checkout for 15% off. Or just check the show notes. Remember, once we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we all have to go through that to, to realize, like, I mean, I, I tend to, you know, we feel most balanced. We feel most whole. We feel, I'll speak for myself. I feel the lowest amount of like comparisonitis when we're at, you know, his family's late cabin and there's, you know, mm. you see besides your family, besides your immediate, you see like two people and everything else is nature. You know, like when you get into that environment, it's so medicinal that the other things just like float away and you don't miss them. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's fun to visit a city. It's like, whoa, there's nice restaurants. Whoa, I can go party once. But if you do that, is that if that's your whole lifestyle, it's just like, it's not sustainable, at least not for me. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pleasure. It's, you know, it's dopamine, but it's not satiation. It's not sustainable mm, long-term yeah. fulfillment. And so, yeah, it's building. Uh, I think it's so important. Um, for us as human beings, not to blame those environments, mm -hmm. not to blame the technology like phones, not to blame the cities that are shiny uh, and offer the, you know, the pursuits of pleasure because it's got to be up to us, right? To be able to moderate and to take those things for what they are and to, and to pull the pleasure out of them in a positive balanced sense yeah. and know when that uh, threshold has been met for enough and move mm -hmm. back to something and pursue this, the, the fulfillment things that make us, you know, truly long-term healthy, both mentally, physically, spiritually, um, in, in relationship as well. Uh, but also like be able to accept the fact that we can create things that give us pleasure and take them for what they are. Mm -hmm. And being able to recognize the thing, whether we're talking about a smartphone or a knife or something like a psychoactive mushroom, that it's all it's a tool and how you use the tool is up to you. You can use the tool to hurt yourself or to hurt other people, or you can use it to expand your life and to, and to, to evolve. And um, so, which is a perfect segue into, um, I want to know about, I know a little bit about um, Fungi Academy, but um, to the listeners that, that don't know anything about Fungi Academy, can you give us a rundown of what is Fungi Academy and, and what's really your mission mm. so fungi academy is a we're like a mushroom training center and a intentional or transformational community so this means that uh, we teach people how to grow mushrooms and about all things fungi but we're also a bunch of people living together and uh, experiencing that as a community so right now there's like nine people living on the property here and it 
is we, we chose this kind of way of living because it's a beautiful mycelial archetype, right? The mycelium is never alone. It's always multiple beings and it's always collaborating. And it's, it's also a natural way of being. If you look at like our ancestors, like our humans would never, maybe had that one lone wolf, but they probably didn't survive for a very long time. We're pack animals. We are supposed to live in tribe. And although it's not always easier to live with a bunch of people and like having to take into account everybody's opinions and everybody's desires and needs. Um, and we actually just changed our mission. Let me just pull it up real quick. Yeah. I got it here. Like, I should have remembered it. So like our goal is to connect the global community to empower the growing and sharing of uh, fungal wisdom. And that's actually kind of why a lot of uh, the, especially right now in the digital world, like what we're trying to create is also this sense of community in the online. And I have a, I guess you can call it like, I used to play a lot of video games when I was a teenager. And like, I found a lot of community and connection in the online world that I couldn't find uh, in the physical world because I was just not fitting in and I was being picked on and I was depressed. But in that like digital world that a lot of people are forced into right now, I still was able to find that community. And even some people that like are not like, I can still go outside and have friends, maybe live in, I don't know, Arkansas. I don't even know what that is, but like (laughs) (laughs) uh, maybe live there. And uh, you, you, really want to connect more with people that are into psychedelics but there's not many people that are into psychedelics and you can still connect to like-minded individuals through this amazing tool that we have called the internet and it's like we're all about like creating community and collaboration while sharing yeah the magic of fungal wisdom with the world by like teaching people how to cultivate or teaching people the role in the ecosystem or how to utilize medicinal mushrooms in their daily lives for their own personal physical and mental health well-being yeah that's, that's kind of the wrap up of fungi academy i love that i love it so it's it's encouraging people to um to be more open and um understanding of fungal wisdom as you call it and i love that term because there is so much wisdom as we've already touched on you know the little bit that we've been talking the wisdom that that is there if we just open ourselves to it and maybe let go of any preconceived notions that were given to us by other people that weren't formed by any experiential knowledge that that we've had, but given to us by others in our life. Um, have you had to do any of that in your life? Have you experienced any of that where you you um, you are breaking down or <clears throat> excuse me, you're breaking down people's preconceived notions of fungi or psychoactive mushrooms? All the time and this is why i'm like mainly interested in like historical use because people like think this is the new thing and actually it's very ancient and the we're as a western society we're one of the only societies or cultures that is mycophobic and this is actually connected to um a lot of what the kind of uh, brian murarescu talks about in the immortality key of like the women were the shamans of the western world and they were the medicine keepers and also all the mushroom medicine keepers and like at one point, and especially uh, after like the Roman Empire completely uh, adopted the church and the, like the Christian religion became this patriarchal system like the Roman Empire was for a long time. And slowly like this power of the, 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 the female, the witch actually in many cases was taken away. And that to me is like such a detriment, like this Otzi that we were talking about before, he already knew about all these mushrooms that we were only slowly figuring out as a Western society. The Chinese people have been using mushrooms, medicinal mushroom reishi being the most famous one for thousands of years, as long as they've been writing, basically. 
Yeah. And we've co-evolved with these mushrooms. And you can even go into like McKenna's hypothesis of the, the stone ape theory that like our consciousness actually developed above what any other animal has, has developed it's because we were consuming this many psychoactive mushrooms that do create a sense of neuroplasticity and neurogeneration like that you do not see in other food sources um but on the other hand like what is actually a theory i don't know if you guys are familiar with this but the drunken monkey theory we actually uh, produce this enzyme that is not found in any other primate that helps us break down alcohol better than any other mammals I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of like the elephants like being yeah. drunk after a couple eating a couple fermented apples. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't need much, but for humans, we need quite a bit of alcohol before we actually get uh, inhebriated. And this is actually to an extent proven now because of this enzyme. So we and that's also we've co-evolved with yeast. So this was a evolutionary advantage that we had that we could eat more of this fermenting fruits while still being able to run away from a jaguar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that, um, you know, I am actually reading currently The Immortality Key, which is just so fascinating. Uh, but it's so apparent that as long as, you know, we've been around uh, speaking to human beings, um, we've been searching altered states of consciousness. And for the purpose of, like, why are we here? You know, what what is what else is beyond this three-dimensional plane? Um, and it's so fascinating, it would make complete sense that as we've evolved through thousands and thousands and thousands of years, um, all while pursuing these altered states of consciousness, that the evolution with these types of substances has has walked with us, you know, step by step. Yeah, and it, it makes sense For sure. um, when, when you're speaking about different cultures that, you know, using mushrooms for medicinal purposes and, and uh, expanding consciousness purposes, that the, this has been happening for thousands and thousands of years in virtually every culture. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but you, I'm an immigrant here in Guatemala and you guys, your yeah. ancestors are all immigrants. Uh, right. So like initially on that land, there was a, a strong culture of using uh, psychedelic medicines, mainly right. cacti and, and like unfortunately, like my ancestor culture uh, got destroyed by Julius Caesar when he um, so that's that's an interesting way of, of looking at like how we're connected but like even I, I actually talked to Brian yesterday and what he was saying like also other like humans are not unique in wanting to experience different versions of consciousness right jaguars eat the, uh, the, the, the ayahuasca vine and there's like a consistent proof of like many many animals enjoying altered states of consciousness i think there's even a study where uh, they gave cats lsd and uh they found, there's a researcher so you can, can you imagine like you have a cat in a room you, you count how many times they're purring and then you give them lsd and you count how many times they're purring well that was one of the researchers jobs and cats were significantly purring more after LSD. So mm -hmm. even cats like altered stage of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. I think I have seen either a meme or a video or something, something about that. And I was like, yeah, that, that would make sense. Purring is like the sign that they're completely content and happy and relaxed and they're not worried about anything. And so that, that would make sense for sure. <laughs> so, um, with going back to the fungi Academy, um, you call yourself a sacred mycology teacher what um you've spoken a little bit about that but what does that all mean and entail for you personally so sacred mycology is basically a way of looking at mycology as an alliance between the fungus right like how can we like i said before like integrate this fungal wisdom 
into our day-to-day -day lives. And it's basically a holistic approach to working with edible, medicinal, psychedelic, and all other kinds of beneficial mushrooms. Um, and that's what we teach. Like how do you have, like how do you teach people to have that holistic approach, a complete look at like how um, we can work together with these organisms for our own benefit and in the long term, right? Like a mushroom loves being cultivated because you're spreading its genes, you're spreading its spores. How can we create this uh, more so an alliance with uh, these elders? Because fungi have been around for so long, you know, they've been, I think the first mycelium-like creature uh, has been recorded in a lava map 2.4 billion years ago. Humans came popping around like 200,000 years ago. We were yeah. like a blip. <laughs> we're nothing compared to these these beings. And they have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of intelligence, although not like us. They don't have a brain, but they, they do understand what is good for the ecosystem and what is good for them. And the main thing that I see as sacred mycology is like fungi are all about giving as much abundance to their own ecosystem because if everybody around you is doing well then you're going to do well in return and how can we implement that lesson and work together with fungi to create that all over the world i love that yeah what a what a beautiful tool not only to help us um cultivate that but also using them as an example and seeing how they're they're, they're mushrooms and fungi are no stranger to the the dying and rebirth cycle. And, um, I love, I love when you, when you speak about the, um, the mycelial network, because you said, you know, they don't have a brain, but really they do have a, a neural network. It's, it's their equivalent of their, their learning. And I'm reading this book right now. Um, it's called plant intelligence and the imaginal realm. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? I've not read Plant Intelligence, oh, but I guess okay. what it's going to go about. It's, it's, <laughs> I read The Secret Life of Trees, The Hidden Life of Trees, which is, oh, okay. if you've not read that one, that's phenomenal. Oh, uh, I'll put it on my list for sure. But this is just, this Plant Intelligence in the Imaginal Realm is just mind-blowing. It's dense, it's thick, it's dense, and it reads like a medical like a textbook, but it's, it's teaching me so much about how the mycelium or, or the roots, if you're talking about just a plant, like the roots are actually, uh, of the plant are, um, they are considered to be the brain or the, it's a combination of the immune system and the, the neural network, the brain of the plant. So we're we flip it on its head. So our brain is on top, their brain is in the ground and communicating um, with their network, whatever whatever they're in. And, and this book is just incredible. Um, but I love when you when you speak to the mycelial network and how you guys have have kind of created your own mycelial network and you're learning and growing and expanding together. And what a beautiful what a beautiful way to live and, and be an example for other people as well. Mm, yeah, it's it's quite a life. Like I, I was traveling the world for six years, five, like let's say five years before coming here. And I, uh, this is definitely, after seeing lots of places, this is definitely the lifestyle. I wish for everybody in the world. And I, I think the main thing, like I wish for everybody in the world, like even living in cities, you know, you can also, just, if you find that community of like-minded individuals and you do stuff together and you grow together and you're always dedicated to becoming a better version of yourself every day, even if it's a little bit, you know, uh, then I think the world is just going to be a magical place for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And better in the way of not necessarily achieving more <clears throat> or getting more status, but 
it could be something as like, I got a little better today because I allowed myself time to rest and relax and I'm speaking to myself. My self-talk is a little bit better. That ultimately makes me a better human and a better human to be around, a better partner, a better, you know, whatever. It's not necessarily status and success and money. It's it's our yeah, redefine inner... What what better means or, or what a better life means. Yeah. Um, doesn't always have to mean achievement mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, pushing the evolutionary dial further upward, you know, whether that be through technological, um, involvement or other, or, or success or achievement by financial mm-hmm. means it can really be just like quality of life. You know, yeah. if, if we could somehow yeah. get a pulse on the health of, of something like mother nature, which arguably many have, and they're just trying to communicate to the rest of us. Um, how can we make that collective, uh, you know, health grade better? And mm-hmm. that, that's by starting with ourselves and our immediate community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And thanks for clarifying that. And that, that kind of makes, that's already so ingrained in my system that I don't think it's better as more money or more success. I'm thinking of like, was I a kinder person today? Did I take yeah. care of my body? Did I take care mm-hmm. of my own needs? Did I do the thing that I'm like really love doing? And that is like in my zone of uh, with the, uh, some people call it my zone of excellence mm. and I'm not doing the thing that I'm just doing to survive. How can I work towards always working in my zone of excellence? And that way we serve not only like our direct loved ones and friends and family, but also the greater collective. If everybody's doing the thing they're good at, we're unstoppable. That's true. Right. 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 Yes, absolutely. So you've, you've, you've talked a little bit about the Fungi Academy and, and you guys have courses on um, how to grow mushrooms. And mm-hmm. one of your, also one of your courses is um, about how to um, approach psychoactive psychedelics and, um, and how to maybe use them in the right way, because like any tool we've already talked about can definitely be used in the wrong way. Or certainly there are, um, precautions. There are um, maybe some hesitations that some people should take when approaching this topic. Can you go into a little bit of why the education around how to use them is so important to you? And maybe maybe, um, speak to a little bit on uh, maybe some of the, the dangers, if there are any. Okay. So uh, why it's important, it is a, a sacrament. This is a very, uh, you're going to change your consciousness. And that's with any change of consciousness. And you just like, I don't advise anybody to, to go in that lightly. And uh, having that said, you know, I, as a first time user, when I was 18, I, I didn't know I was taking, although I was taking a small amount and I had an amazing time. And there's definitely a space in using these, these powerful tools, these medicines, uh, in a recreational environment, like to have fun. Like I've had some of my best days of my life dancing with a little bit of a psychedelic on like at a festival, meeting amazing people, connecting with the people that I already knew, uh, celebrating life. And I think that is definitely also how a lot of uh, traditional like peoples have used psychedelics in the past. They, they used them at festivals too. Um, but why it is important to be, have knowledge about like what can happen and what can expect, right? For example, a, a big thing that some people experience, especially in longer lasting psychedelics like LSD, it's like, oh no, it's never gonna stop. Well, if you've done the research and you know what, what you can expect before jumping in, you're never going to have that anxiety. You're never going to have, oh my God, the fear is never going to stop. Because if you read that some people have taken 10,000 dosages at one point sure. and they eventually also started tripping, stop tripping, uh, you're gonna, you know you're going to be safe if you take half a dose or one dose, you know? And, but another reason 
why education is important is like for because you can get so much more out of these experiences when you go in with the proper intention and you take care of your set and setting and you 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 ask something of the medicine and not see it as this yeah sometimes it's like kind of reductionist to see it as a tool because it's actually sometimes more of a spirit or a guide sure. so what what are you asking of this medicine to get the most out of this are you plan how you're planning the days after are you just going to go straight jump jump on a plane the next day I don't know if that's good for your integration process. Mm. I'm so receptive after mm. a big journey. I don't want to, I yeah. want to like hang out, take a couple of days off, write, play some music and really feel like, feel into what I, what the message was in this experience and how I can integrate this in my day to day life. And that I think you get so much more out of it. If you mm-hmm. prepare well, know, know the dangers. And again, psychedelics are by far the most, safe substance like there's this amazing uh research by the world health organization and worldwide the substance that gets the least amount of people into emergency rooms are psychedelics psilocybin and lsd together and alcohol is way up there it's a good thing to take note these are inherently very safe compounds as long as you take care of your mindset and your setting if you had a really shitty day and you're just already feeling kind of depressed it's an amplifier of everything right maybe you don't have to take it if that's not what you're feeling try to like prepare as well as can like how how do you get the best state of mind before taking the substance and often that's like doing a little bit of exercise before not eating too much before Mm. like i actually prefer to completely fast Mm. Uh, maybe spend time in nature don't look at your phone don't like scroll instagram and then like put some mushrooms into your mouth or something. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, and these these kind of lessons that you can eventually learn will just give you more out of these experiences. And sometimes you're going to encounter uh, a challenging experience. And sometimes you encounter these challenging experiences because those are the lessons that you need to teach, that, that you need yeah. to learn. Like going into the depths of your conscious, subconscious, your psyche, is not always pleasant. You know, we've all experienced trauma before. And like to get over... That trauma, like they said in the 60s, you got to jump into the mouth of the dragon sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you'll become, you, be, you grow a little bit more of a person. You can shake these, these traumas a little bit easier. Sure. So preparation and confidence. I think confidence is key with everything. If you have confidence going into this, this journey, then you're going to have better journeys. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Um, I, I love everything you're saying. I think for people who, who've, you know, never taken a psychedelic or been a, been a part of you know a substance that produces a psychoactive uh, response it's not actually unlike you know other experiences of you know relative intensity uh, that that many experience some experience it through you know religious uh, outings retreats you know I, you know we grew up in a in a Christian environment where we would do things like summer camps um, even like a, a retreat weekend with a youth group, and like you witness and potentially have even had yourself this mystical experience, this metaphysical experience that almost brings you to tears. You feel it collectively with mm-hmm. the people that you're around. You feel this higher frequency or this mm-hmm. higher vibration, this channel that you're able to exist on. That is profound and it's real. It's very, it's almost tangible. To the to the same point, if you don't if you don't prepare for those types of situations with some level of like set and setting awareness, yeah. of whole of opening space and opening a <laughs> container to have those type of 
you know, mystical experiences, it's not going to go well for you or you may, or you may not get much out of it. Um, Similarly, after you have these types of things, you don't just want to walk back into your life without really meditating on how you want to integrate it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and allowing the space and allowing the space in, in your, in your schedule, your work, just allowing that space to um, fill with whatever whatever you or the medicine needs it to afterwards yeah and it's it doesn't have to be a church retreat you know people get this in their in their life through even you know meditative practices I mean people have breakthroughs through you know yoga and breath work mm-hmm. um, even even very intense environments in like a traditional workplace setting you can have a, an experience that ch- is a paradigm shifting sort of emotionally, spiritually break breakthrough type of moment that is something a little more than the physical world. And I think that people probably who've never taken psychedelics or maybe have a ton of questions about it will be surprised at how relatable that experience actually is to other things in mm-hmm. their life Treat if they treat it similarly. Hey boo, if you're fed up and frustrated by your acne prone skin like I was for so long, trying every organic skincare line, every elimination diet, every so-called miracle spot treatment and getting nowhere, here's a not so fun fact. These well-meaning products could contain pore clogging ingredients that are basically perpetuating your acne. Yes, even if they are organic, plant-based, expensive, and bougie AF, these pore cloggers are so common and used all over the place. When I removed all of these pore cloggers by using ClearStem skincare, my face did a 180 in a matter of weeks. And after only a few months, I noticed I wasn't even getting breakouts around my cycle. I didn't even know that was possible. ClearStem's whole mission is to provide anti-acne, anti-aging products that provide clinical results and zero pore cloggers. Here's my current four-step dream team routine. I use the Vitamin Scrub Gentle Exfoliating Cleanser every morning in the shower, followed by the Clarity Serum, which balances the pH of my skin and literally scrubs my pores clean. I let that work for about 15 minutes, and then I use two pumps of the Bounce Back Serum, which works like a boss to repair damaged skin like acne scars and sunspots. Last but not least, I add a dab of the Hydroglow Moisturizer to lock in my dewy brightness. To get your hands and face on the ClearStem goodness, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, at checkout to get a hefty discount. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Remember, don't give up. You can heal. Cheers and love. Yeah. I think that the, the closest thing is possibly a near-death experience yeah. because mm-hmm. you come out with basically facing death and especially on higher dosages, you kind of like have to, and that's the main thing. This is the main lesson that I can give everything. You got to surrender. You got to let go. And I yeah. feel like in a, in a near-death experience, you also at one point let go. I've had uh, like a couple of like looking backward near-death experiences, uh, mainly in traffic. Traffic is dangerous, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I kind of was like, whoa. And then you're so grateful for still being able to walk around and, yeah. and to be here. And like, it's kind of everything you, you're aware of, like kind of gets broken down in the psychedelic experience too. And especially the higher dosages, I've 
lost the ability to talk. And then, oh my God, being able to express yourself to your loved ones is so much more magical mm-hmm. and you appreciate yeah. everything around you so much more. And yeah, like deaf and psychedelics are so, so connected. And especially looking at a lot of the culture around deaf in the United States where you embalm people and there's no way for people that at the end of life to even choose to go. Like my grandma passed away last year and she chose to go for euthanasia. She had like a couple strokes. She wasn't able to feed herself anymore. She's like, I'm out. I don't want to live in this life anymore. And that's, she had that choice and she just got injected. I don't know what they inject her with, but she went out very peacefully and her, in her own power. Mm. And I feel like that relationship to death is become so much more healthy when you've experienced either near death experience or psychedelics and meditation goes the same way but like you can practice meditation for years and maybe get a glimpse of that but like with psychedelics you don't have a choice you will get that glimpse you will get that experience Mm -hmm. yeah and what you're saying is reminding me of a lot of the research that's happening at john i think john hopkins right now um and and other places too certainly but um for people who have say stage four cancer or or some terminal illness with a really severe harsh prognosis maybe a few months or a year to live or whatever and they have that anxiety about what they're going to face or 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 you know, associated with death, um, they're having these trials. If if you guys aren't aware, where um, they're they're getting, uh, I think I can't remember at least five grams, I think, of psilocybin, and they have a very uh, contained experience inside a, a you know a clinic. They've got a blanket, they've got an eye shade, they've got someone holding their hand the entire time to like walk them through the experience. And in one session, I think something close to like ninety six percent of people are sharing that this is the most um, the most one of the most uh, influential um, experiences, most magical experiences, most mystical, certainly, but most significant is the word I was looking for. Most significant experiences in their life after one session, and they're coming out with this peace related to death and and what they're going to face. And I think that that is so, so beautiful. Of course, there are medicinal mushrooms that can, can help us from, from getting to that place where we're, you know, facing a cancer diagnosis or whatever, but this medicine, this medicine really for the mind and putting you at peace with what's happening. And I just like, that's so beautiful that it's, it's able to, you know, offer, be offered to people in this, in this um, situation. Yeah. And it's like, kind of ridiculous that it, for most places in the world it's not yet possible right You're, this person is dying you don't even let them get like that li- last little bit of peace and i think yeah. this kind of research is so essential for like a lot of the um let's say legislators and people that make the laws hopefully we'll see like hey let these people die with peace and yeah. with gratitude and with like a, a sense of like well i've done enough this life and well one of my favorite things, even like looking at like the uh, depression studies that are done in Imperial College in London, um, where people had three, two or three experiences and like, okay, so going into a little bit more of the details, psilocybin is one of the active compounds in the sacred mushrooms. You also have psilocin and biocysteine. If you have five grams of psilocybin, I don't know where you're going to be, but that's, that's a really high dose. But like, <laughs> I think it's accounted to like three grams of like the sacred mushrooms that they give people in general. And so... In John, John, not in the Imperial College in London studies, 
they actually gave people these psilocybin experiences that had like treatment resistant depression. And some of these people, like 80%, put it in their top three of most important life experiences. Right. Yes. And some people put it on par or even higher than the birth of their children. So this is wow. like the birth of children is like a big mystical religious experience, right? You're so connected to the divine. You're so connected to life. You're like, oh my God, I we created this beautiful being. I'm not a father, so I don't know how that feels. But like, <laughs> uh, I, it's a good representation of like people that do have kids and do have like that experience because most people I've talked to, that's one of the most powerful things. They're just speechless for days on end that they have this glow and that I see is very similar to a glow of a, a really nice psychedelic experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one of the studies that I was thinking of where they, they rank. And I think it was included in Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. I think he spoke about it in there. And that was the first time that I was hearing about it. And I was like, whoa, on par with the birth of your children? Like that is, and, and not just one person. If you heard that from one person, it'd be like, wow, that's incredible. But upwards of 80% of people, that's incredible. There's all these all these breakthroughs that are happening um, with this. And it still is to some degree, you know, un, untalked about or unheard in, in most mainstream spaces. Uh, but where do you where do you see this going? You know, the use of psychedelics for all these positive benefits. Um, this could be just tip of the iceberg. You know, this did get shut down in the 60s. Um, and, and that's kind of what everybody points to, which is was this war on drugs for 20, 30 years. Um, but, but where do you see this kind of renaissance going? Um, right now, it's really hard to say, right? But the war on drugs is still going, although in our minds, it's kind of over, but it's still going. It's been going for 60 years and it's, uh, it's not working. More and more people are using these substances. They're not even able to get these compounds out of jail. So like, if you can't even keep them out of jail, like how can you expect them to, anyhow, we, we can go on a whole rant over like why, like telling people how, what to do with their own bodies is, is not the idea of freedom. And you, especially people in the United States are so proud. We're the land of the free. Well, uh, I don't know about that anymore because to me, personal freedom is ultimate freedom. Sure. Where I see it going and like what, I, I see it going in many directions. And I also see some directions that I'm not that fond of. If you look at Compass Pathways is a, uh, is a publicly traded psilocybin company that's trying to like um, put patents on holding hands and soft furniture and like trying to monopolize this, this mm. industry already. And that's not the way that I see it going. And there's a lot of resistance from everybody in the industry. What I see going and what I think is like the most powerful and what we're about at Fungi Academy and why we created these online courses, I see it going in a way that everybody can cultivate these relationships with their own medicine. And mm. that's why we teach people how to grow the sacred mushrooms, the last speak events. And this way you, you have the empowerment. You don't have to go to a shady drug dealer or you have to apply for like some really expensive uh, psychedelic assisted psych psychotherapy. If you want to have it, here's the tools, here's how you do it. And then if you want to go deeper, yes, for sure, go sit one-on-one -on -one with a trained psychiatrist that can put you even deeper. But at first, like just give the power to the people, give the power of the medicine to the people. And that's all by skills. And like, you don't have to fly all the way to the Amazon to have the ayahuasca experience. If, if you really desire and you're, uh, and you're, you're called, I think it's the main thing. If you really desire and you're called to do it, everybody can learn how to grow the sacred mushroom everywhere in the world. And mm -hmm. you can not only supply yourself, but also the people in your sur surrounding area with this medicine, if, if need be. And I see, 
I see it kind of like um, open source, right? You have these super big institutions where you can go to and have this really expensive multi-day retreat, or you can do it yourself and start experimenting yourself and like talk to the people in your like surrounding area with this yourself. And I hope at one point that we can go back to something like the Illusion Mysteries, right? Where it is this big, basically government funded uh, like initiation for people that do so desire and um well yeah looking at government in many ways like people think government funded well i see government as like but they're not doing the jobs all over the world they should be keeping big corporations in check and taking care of the people like giving free healthcare and making sure people have great psychedelic experiences i think that's what <laughs> governments should be doing anyhow um but I, right now, I see it first in the power of the people because if 50% of the population knows how to cultivate their own sacred mushroom and are using them, there's no law that can stop that train happening and knowledge is power in the end. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I uh, recently listened to a podcast um, with Rick Doblin and he, um, he's explained this before, but it was I was reminded. Um, he talks about this system that he's, he's working for. If you all don't know Rick Doblin, um, is the founder of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. 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 I was like, what's the S? <laughs> studies. Um, and uh, he has, you know, it, it's basically like a, a nonprofit uh, pharmaceutical company and their, their, their drug, I guess, is the, this group of um, psychedelics and psychoactive um, components and everything. And so they, they do all sorts of research and the way that he explains this which i think is so wonderful and maybe you can you know tell me your opinion and poke holes in it if you see them but he talks about this um license as in you um, if somebody were interested in psychedelics that they would go and their their first experience would be they're getting education they're getting you know a, a guided um, journey if they want and they're they're working um, with someone who's trusted and um, and then from there once they have the education and they understand when to use it how how not to use it everything you sort of get this license almost like a driver's license that would allow you to buy and to to obtain these um, and if you misuse them, then, you know, some similar to like a DUI or something where your license gets taken away. And um, so I think he's trying to instill this more kind of structure around it. But at the forefront is you got to show that you, you know something about them and that you care to use them in the right way. And, and I'm, I'm curious to see what, what you think about that. That's, it's funny because it pops up and I think it was originally a Timothy Leary idea and it, like it's something I played around myself with and I see right now it's it's something that sounds very safe right oh let's do it safe but then again why are we not doing that for alcohol why are these compounds different if we're talking about mind alteration why do we have to put it in this box it's like oh my god this is so dangerous we need to have a license for this I don't know about that I personally see that as um, not everybody's going to be able to pay for these like licenses and not everybody's going to have access to these things. And I feel the change that we need as a culture, the society right now is needs to be way faster than these multi-year trajectories where you get a license. I feel that everybody that wants should have access to these compounds right now. Mm -hmm. And yes, I think 
practitioners, people that hold space for these ceremonies should have a license and that should be regulated. And we have to make sure that these people are not mistreating individuals, which is unfortunately happening all over the world right now. Like the, the sexual predator shaman is an archetype, unfortunately, and it's happening. Yeah. Um, but I think as an individual, like I've had my, some of my most profound experiences just alone in my room. I was not bothering everybody. I, I knew that, like my set and setting, I made sure I was safe. I made sure there was like uh, some nice fruits and vegetables around for after I had like my headphones, I had my blindfold. I had an amazing experience. And I don't, I don't think I would have had like the, the time or the resources to go and like sit in a paid ceremony first and then go through all this training to get a license. Possibly we can like teach like young people how to do it from the start, right? Like why are we not integrating this in the schooling system? So like, like we do with sex education, that's teach kids how to do this because they're going to do it eventually right if it's accessible and available like kids are even more so want to do it if it's illegal so let's just not make that like like out of the question and educate because it's it's going to happen people are going to take these substances and we can try to put it in this box and like also something i like disagree with michael pollan oh we have to put this in so safe and it feels Sorry, Michael Pollan, love the book, but like, it feels like an old man idea of like, young kids should be careful. We should not do these things carefully. And like, he never had an, that like mind blowing experience at a festival with like hundreds of, or even thousands of other people enjoying celebrating life, feeling elevated, feeling like they want to give more, being inspired by somebody giving fruit on the dance floor. And like, can you imagine like full on psychedelic experience? Somebody that you don't know just gives you fresh papaya that's cold yeah. in the middle of the desert that's just oh, magical yeah. right. and like if we if we look at it as that is the only way clinical settings clinical experiences people will not have those experiences yeah. and i think those experiences are just as powerful yeah absolutely true. i mean I, we we have been to, to you know burning man for instance and and had absolute mm. you know transformative experiences with the collective you know with other other life forms uh human beings and nature and and that collective element to it all is is so powerful mm -hmm. um yeah no I, I really love i love your perspective and um i think his i think his intention with that is that uh it's more it's going to be accepted by more people if it's in that safe kind of box and and so i can i can totally see pros and cons to to both and what you're speaking to is like so beautiful um and and you know it'll be interesting to see how how this progresses you know we've seen um the legal legalization um of marijuana and how that's just accepted now like if you if you say like oh i use this and whatever i buy it like no one looks no one looks at you differently now and i i, I hope that we can get to a point where um, more of the mainstream. I know it's like this in other countries, but at least in America, I hope that people will um, kind of shed their preconceived notions about what psychedelics are um, and just be more open to like, oh, I had no idea that they could offer that. And, uh, you know, is this something that I, that I could, um, you know, that I could learn about that. I, and, and that's really, I think what's so great about you all and maps, you know, every is learning, learning more and, and allowing yourself the space um, and the education because what is unknown is inherently scary. Right. But when you learn about mm -hmm. them, it's like, Oh wow, that's actually not scary at all. And it's, it's actually really cool. It is actually really cool. And I love what maps is doing because I do believe that, 
it is not only um, the more radical people in Guatemala saying like, it's all for the people, give it to the people. But I, I truly believe that the scientific evidence that shows that we can actually help people is what is gonna motivate these changes in the legislation to happen. If like, like we can all have sympathy for a soldier with post-traumatic stress disorder that has tried to come back into society and it's not possible until they had that first experience with MDMA mm -hmm. and they can come back. And like, as long as we see that like it has those benefits and if we at least start with that, right? Start with that and at and, and the same time, let's educate the population. And that's why you can't grow MDMA. You cannot grow uh, like any other like ketamine yourself. That's really difficult, but like you can't grow mushrooms. And I, I feel yeah. that's why mushrooms they're like really uh, yeah made for the people and like that's that's where we could all start and in the same time these these big constitutional transformations should happen with like focus on the scientific evidence that's coming out and luckily enough there's also research happening on a creative problem solving in lsd there was a study and again imperial college london i i think in 2016 but they gave people scientists and people that are like really figuring out uh next level problem solutions to like, like solutions to our problems lsd and in in the hope that they found that they get more like like insights for example the double helix i forget his name the man who found it but he caught that idea on lsd you know like can you imagine if we look further than just healing how Hoffman. far we can use these tools to actually i think it's the lsd Hoffman, the Hoffman is the one who synthesized lsd for the first yeah. time yeah and he, he synthesizes from ergov which is a naturally occurring fungus which we actually think right now and like brian uh, found this beautiful evidence of this ergotized beer uh that was used in these right. psychedelic ceremonies mm -hmm. uh, back in the day but Hoffman synthesized lsd it was the first person ever to take it but then right now um look at this we have the internet double helix yeah there you go so the invented <laughs> exactly so the man that like invented like that got the idea of the nucleic acid double helix uh rosalind franklin he was on uh, lsd when he got that vision oh, and that idea of like that's what it is yeah i didn't know that yeah so breakthroughs you're talking about these breakthroughs where um i think i know i, I think i heard someone speaking to the study where they're giving it to people isn't it a is it a microdose? it was it was it's like I think the sweet spot, uh, according to my friend Julian Vane, is about 80 micrograms. So it's like a little, little less than a regular dose, but it's definitely not a microdose. Okay. So it's definitely something that you need to sit down for and like make sure you don't have to ride a car anytime soon. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're having these breakthroughs with the aid of psychoactive compounds and um potentially you know maybe we should give all the people that are trying to figure out climate change and all of these you know big scary problems facing humanity like maybe the answer you know maybe we just all need uh, a few a few trips a few journeys to to figure out what is that what is that breakthrough that we're that we're looking through certainly it would make us um all be a little nicer to each other i think <laughs> mm, oh for sure and excuse me i also truly believe that like you don't have to be a scientist to have these breakthroughs, right? Like Paul yeah. Stamets, one of the most well-known mycologists in the world, he has like a lot of ideas. And I, I would be very surprised if he didn't like use the mushrooms as a as a as an ally to come mm. up with these ideas on like how to save the bees, which he's doing right yeah. now with this medicinal mushroom-infused beef foods that helps them with deformed wing virus. But yeah. also, if you have you're struggling with like what do I need to do in my life right now? What's the best for me to move forward. I'm not depressed. I'm not, don't have PTSD. 
but I want more out of life. Well, like psychedelics have helped me show that I needed to make a big change. Like after like doing the sales manager thing, I'm like, this is not going to make me happy in the long run. I need to do something else. And that was to go travel. And like, I was never got to that insight. That was not about healing, but about thriving. Yeah. Sure. Without psychedelics. And, and the, like we spoke about at the beginning, you, you said so beautifully that it can show the path, but you still have to go do it. You're the one that still has to make maybe the life changes and integrate and, you know, open yourself and allow yourself to kind of be emptied to where you can receive whatever it's, it's trying to give you. And then you have to, you have to go do that. So like there's the, the journey you could say, um, the experience while the mushrooms are in your body, but then there's the, the work afterwards that comes and sometimes that can be you know literally life-changing and it will be and especially if you do it with other people and you don't necessarily have to journey with a big group of people but as long as you can talk about your experience with people that understand that experience and like can like give you some feedback on what like what's going through and that has been the most profound in my life to be able to like not go through this experience alone but go through this experience with the help of my loved ones yeah and where you can share completely 100 percent openly and with zero fear of being judged or anything that you can just share whatever came up for you is is i think so so important um i'm curious then we go back into like what what i love the most right freedom freedom yeah, of expression right. freedom of like not being able to like express these things and like for example in relationships like being not being able feeling free enough to explain like wow i had this really nice connection with this this person from the other sex and without like oh my god you're gonna leave me you know that's that's, yeah. that's not a sense of freedom i still love this being you know and like how can i express my full authentic self in the best way right. and that's that to me is also freedom absolutely mm-hmm. beautifully said what um what's ahead for fungi academy what are you excited about coming up i'm excited uh we're in the works of creating more courses uh mm-hmm. which i can't disclose too much about because it's still in the early phases but like uh we're definitely with the folk because our course right now sacred mushroom cultivation course is focused on philosophic advances and this is not accessible to everybody we even say in the course like you can use most of these techniques for something completely different, like oyster mushrooms. You can't, if you mm-hmm. don't feel you're in a safe spot right now, or it's not like legal where you live in, or you have, it's not your, your time, but things are changing fast. So you can change, you can like start experimenting with modern mushrooms or oyster mushrooms. But we're kind of like, how can we empower other people to also like start growing more reishi or implement it more in their natural environment? There's all these cool techniques out there and uh, possibly something also for kids that's that's like excites me the mm. most at this stage so cool. more courses more free content more education more bringing other people in that know a lot more about these things than i do and giving them that spotlight that stage of uh like sharing their knowledge and empowering other people to teach we need more teachers we mm. have too many uh ed- we have too many people that stand in front of a classroom and just say stuff but we don't have enough teachers mm. Mm. that's a good point um where can people, we'll obviously have links to your guys' uh, website and courses, certainly, and we'll be on the lookout for um, for the new new stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, you guys are at Fungi Academy, correct? On Instagram? At Fungi Academy on Instagram, fungiacademy.com. 
Uh, and uh, like uh, we can talk a little bit more after, but I would like to give uh, a little discount for your listeners if they're interested in any of our uh, programs. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you yeah. guys can check the show notes for details, and and we'll get we'll uh, we'll get you guys set up. But um, as we kind of come to a close here, the the medicine podcast is all about disease prevention for body, mind, and relationships. And we're curious to hear from you, Jasper, what currently feels like medicine for your body right now. For my body, medicine is cold water exposure. So I like to sit in the cold river every morning. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, fasting, so water fasting. Mm. And uh, that feels like uh, medicine. There's a two, uh, medicinal mushrooms I've been having for so long that uh, that's not as prominent, but like it's a, it's a, like it's like water, you know, I need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> these it's things are, I'm, I'm more and more integrating. Love and it. sun is also medicine, getting, oh, getting yeah. that sun. Yeah, cold water, fasting, sun, all free forms of medicine. Oh, yeah. Um, and what so about free. for uh, what about for your mind? What feels like medicine right now? Mm, first thing that comes to mind is a good sleep. Mm. Definitely. Underrated medicine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such good medicine, man. Um, what for my mind? What else? I've recently started microdosing again, and I do feel it's powerful medicine. I feel sharp. I feel more motivated. I feel clear. Mm. Uh, yeah. Love it. I had a long break because it kind of made me amplify my sadness sometimes as well. And I was like, oh, oh this is not what I want to feel. But yeah. uh, now I'm feeling more empowered. And mm. It's, it's it. powerful medicine. It is. And what about for your relationships or relationship, however you want to view that or hear it? Communication, uh, authenticity, like not being able to... Uh, be afraid of like saying what you feel like we just discussed, but also not being afraid to acknowledge you're wrong, say you're sorry. And um, that to me is like communication, authentic relating. There's all nonviolent communication. There's all these amazing tools out there that I'm uh, currently learning. And it's the hardest thing I've ever learned in my life, but it's powerful medicine for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Relationships is what everything always comes back to. If we don't have relationships, Man, it doesn't feel like you have much of anything. Healthy relationships, I should say. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. 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 You're going to strive for healthy, healthier relationships. And it's been a, it's actually, I got into a, a romantic partnership for the first time in a, like five years. And I must say, sex is also powerful medicine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> powerful medicine. Also uh, free. Hopefully. Also a psychedelic. Also, yeah. yes. also a psychedelic. Also free. Yes, I love that. Oh man, Jasper, you are like a, a beautiful just ray of sunshine in our morning, <laughs> and we're we're so happy that we, we so connect much. with you here and um, spread your fungal wisdom to our listeners and to our followers. Super excited to um, to just know you in this life and and to to see where this friendship and partnership goes for sure. Um, so thank you mm. for spending part of your day with us. Mm. Thanks so much. Thank bro. you for inviting me. That's such a blast. And thank you for being that bridge. Yes. Uh, like it's sometimes hard for people to relate to somebody like me living in the jungle of Guatemala and <laughs> having a mushroom education center, you know. We'll but be the I bridge, think, um, we'll be the subtitles, we'll be the 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 microdose of Jasper to our followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for hosting this podcast. Thanks for being excellent conversationalist. I had so much fun. You bet. We're, we're coming to visit you soon, so uh, yeah. watch out. Yes, absolutely. That'd be so fun. Oh, 
We got a big, we got a big property. We have space. So whenever you come, just shoot me a message and we'll organize right. something. Love it. All right, you guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening. Um, definitely give Fungi Academy a follow, check out their website and um, just be open. I, you know, I always have a CTA for the, for the end of the podcast. And I would say, I don't have a specific one, but I would say um, just be open and um, be willing to let go of maybe these uh, judgments or preconceived notions that you've had about anything that we've talked about today. Hopefully um, it came to you in an open um, um, inviting attitude and uh, I hope um, for for some of you that you'll you'll follow some of those nudges with an open mind and open heart yeah. and hit us up with questions yeah if you have questions hit us up for sure or hit up Fungi Academy absolutely and uh, go spread some mm-hmm. light into your day we'll mm-hmm. talk to you next time okay bye yeah spread bye. some spores yeah <laughs> <laughs> If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. And if you have a recommendation for a podcast guest or topic, you can always email themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, there's no E at the end of medicine. And let us know your big idea. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, cheers, boo.